Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone is having a wonderful week. So today we are going to talk about this brand new subject that no one has ever talked about before, least of all me. That is critical race theory. I know, I know some of you are tired of talking about this. I completely understand if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time. You know that we have talked about this a lot for the past year, probably Every week for over a year now, we have been talking about what is often described as this kind of obscure, esoteric uh, law school uh, concept of race in the law, but is actually much more common and pervasive than that. We have been talking about it much longer than a lot of people have been talking about it um, in the political commentating world. And Now, there are a lot of people, both on the left and the right, that are discussing critical race theory, what it is, uh, where it's showing up, how it shows up, and what we should do about it. I asked on Instagram whether or not you guys wanted to talk about theology or critical race theory, and it was a slight tilt towards critical race theory. Now, if you're in the crowd that wanted a break from CRT, like I said, I totally understand, but I still don't want you to miss this episode. I am going to try my hardest to make sense of a lot of the crazy and the confusion that we've been seeing going on. I promise you we will talk theology next week. I think I'm going to do like the theology of motherhood. I understand if you want to break from all of this, but I do feel that it's my responsibility in this position to keep trying to add clarity to a lot of the noise and the confusion that we're seeing, especially among Christian circles when it comes to critical race theory. Honestly, I am pretty tired of talking about it many days, but then I think about it and I get all riled up again and I remember how important it is for us to be able to dissect and understand this. So in the past few months, The conversation about CRT on Twitter, on social media, um, in the mainstream media has gone something like this. First, it was on the left. What CRT is not happening? Critical race theory is only taught in law school, not in K through 12 public school. It doesn't have any effect on our conversations about race and racism. What are conservatives even talking about? This is a boogeyman. They don't even know what critical race theory is. There were evangelicals saying uh, that this isn't coming from the pulpits. No Christian, no evangelical believes this. And anyone who talks about critical race theory or says that it's something we need to worry about, they don't even know what critical race theory is. There were Christians saying that sort of thing and have been saying Saying that sort of thing for the past few months. Well, that attitude has shifted to, well, actually, CRT is really good and its concepts should be taught in schools. And, you know, it can be helpful to study scripture and it should characterize our conversations about race and racism. And actually, if you're against critical race theory, you're a racist. You're just like the anti-integrationists in the 1960s South, the parents protesting against CRT or QAnon white nationalists, as Joy Reid said on MSNBC recently. Um, Carrie Washington, Gary Washington posted a picture of herself on July 4th on Instagram with a shirt uh, that says, I love critical race theory. Uh, Amy Schumer and Jennifer Aniston liked this picture. Now, let me ask you, what are the chances that these people have any idea what critical race theory is? You, You honestly think, I'm not trying to be rude, but you honestly think Amy Schumer is reading up on it in her spare time? 
No, it seems like the majority of mainstream liberals have no idea what it is and especially don't know how it manifests itself. It seems like they think that it means to be critical of racism. Um, I think a lot of people on the left defend it because the right is attacking it. They see it as another culture war issue. So their knee-jerk reaction is to say that it's good. I think the right does this as well when the left brings up their concerns. But I think if a lot of people on the left actually knew what CRT believes, they would realize that it goes against many of the things that they say they believe in, like equal rights, for example. And we'll explain that in just a little bit. The truth is, What started out as this obscure esoteric idea by a 1970s scholar has now expanded to characterize much of the left's understanding, not just about race, but also about human nature in general, about our society, about America's institutions, our constitution, even their understanding about truth itself. There are people in the center and on the left, professing Christians included, who will say that they don't believe in CRT. I would say that most people probably to the center left say uh, that they they don't hold to the main tenets of CRT or they don't believe in all of CRT. But they will also say things that actually are derived from CRT. They just don't realize it. The concept of white privilege, for example, is a concept of critical race theory, specifically critical whiteness studies. This idea that there uh, is a seen and unseen collection of ways that white people use to help each other that is mostly inaccessible to non-white people. Systemic racism is a concept of critical race theory. And people get really mad when I say this, but... If you read critical race theorists, uh, you know that it's not controversial to say that the claim of systemic racism here in America today is not actually based on data. It doesn't rely on data. It's based on a narrative, on a, a theory, a particular perspective, a philosophy that the system is to blame for people's problems. And it It sounds something like this, that slavery, Jim Crow, redlining, the war on drugs, etc. all existed not that long ago. Therefore, it is obvious that these laws are the reason for racial disparities in black people's problems today. And it sounds really believable because there's some truth in it, because those were things that happened. But that assertion has to be backed that those things are what is causing primarily or exclusively black people's problems today. That assertion has to be backed up with factual causal arguments. It is highly debatable whether or not those policies still have a significant impact or a primary impact on disparities and outcomes today. But rather than debating it, CRT accepts it as true without debate because CRT starts with the assumption that everything is characterized by anti-Black racism. Now, as a counter to that assumption, as I've said many times, jot this down if you haven't already, read Discrimination and Disparities by Thomas Sowell. Okay, read Discrimination and Disparities by Thomas Sowell. It kind of busts this fallacy that every disparity that exists must automatically be due to discrimination. So moving on, when people say, I don't believe in CRT, but I do believe in white privilege and systemic racism, well, then you do believe in parts of CRT. And and maybe that's okay. Maybe you want to say, okay, well, I don't agree with CRT as a whole, but I agree with these things. All right, just say that. Just say that you agree with some parts of critical race theory. Now, I would push 
back on you accepting some parts of critical race theory, but I think you should at least be honest about that or be honest that you just didn't know that the things that you were pushing were a part of critical race theory and you're just now realizing it. And those are just two examples and we'll get to more on those things later. Uh, First, I have got to take a quick break and tell you guys about my first sponsor for today and that is Patriot Mobile. You guys know that a lot of major corporations are going woke. They are against free speech. We need to partner with companies that are deserving of our trust. You don't want to give your money to a company that is then turning it around or turning around and giving your money to left-wing causes. And that is why Patriot Mobile is different. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless company, donates a portion of every dollar to organizations that fight for causes that you and I care about. They've got two great offers going on right now. Uh, You can either get 50% off your first two months or you can get $100 off any phone. Both come with free premier activation. All you've got to do to claim one of those deals is go to patriotmobile.com slash Alley. Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage and uses the same towers as major providers. So you get great service. You just get it for less money and from a company that you really like and trust. So all you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Alley, or you can call their top rated US based team at 972 Patriot. That's 972 Patriot. Veterans and first responders save even more. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Alley or call 972 Patriot. That's patriotmobile.com slash Alley. So what I'm getting at is that it's much more prevalent and pervasive than most people realize. And we have been, like I said, gaslighted about it. Gaslighting, as I'm sure you know, is the act of making someone feel crazy for something that they shouldn't actually feel crazy for. So like if a girl accuses her boyfriend of cheating and the boyfriend says, what? You're so crazy. You're so paranoid. Why would you think that? But he really is cheating and he has given her reason to think that he's cheating. That is called gaslighting. And the leftist media love to gaslight. Just the other day, uh, the press secretary did this whole number about Republicans actually being the ones who wanted to defund the police. No, she said uh, Joe Biden ran on giving the police more money. I mean, That kind of brazen statement, as an aside, is only possible when you know that you've got the media on your side and won't call you out for it. Um, That's the same kind of thing. That kind of gaslighting is the same kind of thing that we're seeing from the leftist media about CRT. First, I want to tell you, so we can kind of unpack this gaslighting, I want to tell you um, what the definition of critical race theory is. People are always asking me for a definition. I was in Sunday school the other day and uh, someone in my Sunday school was like, can you please explain this to me like I'm five? And it's difficult to do because I always want to try to give you some kind of compact definition, but there's so many layers to it. And in order to try to explain to you how it's showing up in a way that doesn't necessarily come with the label critical race theory, it kind of, it takes a long time, but I really hope to put it in um, as simple terms as I possibly can. Now, you will see people on the left trying to give you a compact definition, but that's because they don't want to unveil the the multiple layers that are underneath the kind of superficial definition of critical race theory because the superficial definition of critical race theory sounds really good until you actually read what critical race theorists really believe and want to do. So 
Let me try to give you the simple definition and then I'm going to unpack it. And this is really important as many times as you've heard about it. I still think it is so important for us to understand this and be able to apply this knowledge. So critical race theory is a theory developed by a scholar named Derek Bell in the 1970s. Uh, He and the proponents of CRT would say that it is simply a way to examine American history and our current institutions through the lens of race. Uh, Bell held that racism is not an exception in society, uh, but it's normal state. It is the usual way of doing things, he would say. It is intertwined, not just in our institutions, but in how most people live our lives in the United States. So in other words, he would say that it is central to the human experience. And CRT seeks to examine how the centrality of race and racism has affected people's lives, Black people's lives in particular, both individually and systemically. Um, Critical race theory is one of many critical theories. There is uh, queer and gender theory. There is feminist theory. Critical theory is a school of thought that examines power structures and hierarchies within society and asserts that society's problems are due to these structures rather than, say, people's individual choices. Uh, The goal of the critical theorist is to liberate people from these structures. Liberate is a word that you will hear a lot. Liberate people from these structures, from these hierarchies, what they call hegemony, uh, typically through major societal and political changes. So the assumption of critical theory is that people are oppressed by systems that have been put in place by the most powerful in society to keep them down. Critical theory examines those systems. It offers ideas for how to finally attain liberation. Critical theory was established by the Frankfurt School in Germany, which was a school of social theory that, like Karl Marx, who wrote the Communist Manifesto, examined uh, social conditions and hypothesized about how the poor conditions caused by capitalism and other systems could be changed by revolutionizing power structures and hierarchies. Critical theory is not identical to Marxism. And I do think that's important to say. It's not identical to Marxism, but it is similar. So I don't have a problem with people saying that critical theory is Marxist because it is very similar to Marxism and it comes from the same school of thought. Just as Marx, the father of communism, saw the world through the lens of class oppression, rich versus poor, bourgeois versus the proletariat, greedy capitalists versus the working class, and sought to overthrow capitalism so everyone in his mind would live communally and equally in harmony without any personal profit or private property. Uh, So critical theorists uh, see the world through the lens of some kind of oppressor versus oppressed. So critical race theory takes Marx's view of the world as uh, the rich oppressors versus the poor oppressed and asserts that the world, at least in the U.S., is actually divided by the white oppressor versus the black and brown oppressed. Not primarily are we categorized by our class, but rather by our race, critical race theory holds. Um, So when MSNBC's uh, Joy Reid tweets something like this with 22 and a half thousand likes, and she says, it feels like someone should let folks know Marxism is a theory that divisions 
that divisions in a capitalist society will inevitably lead to the collapse of the class structure. Communism is the achievement of Marxism via revolution, and critical race theory has nothing to do with either one. She is just plain wrong. This is gaslighting. She had another thread um, earlier, a few weeks ago, about how CRT isn't being taught in schools. It's just this, it's just this, you know, uh, far off esoteric theory being taught in law school that has no bearing whatsoever on any conversations about race today. And is certainly not influencing public school education. And we'll get to why that's explicitly wrong, too. Um, over maternity leave, I read what is probably, in my opinion, the simplest and, and, the, and the clearest breakdown of CRT in a book called Critical Race Theory and Introduction by Richard Delgado and Jean Stefansik, um, two critical race scholars. Uh, here's, what, here's how they introduce CRT. They say, critical race theory builds on the insights of two previous movements critical legal studies, and radical feminism. They go on to explain uh, from critical legal studies, it borrows the idea that there is no one right answer when it comes to the law in legal decisions. It depends on interpretation. It depends on perspective and reasoning. There's been a lot of pushback, obviously, to that theory because that kind of subjectivism when it comes to the law as you can probably guess, is pretty dangerous. Um, critical race theory also uses feminism stance on the relationship between power and social roles and, quote, the, the unseen, largely invisible collection of patterns and habits that make up patriarchy and other types of domination. That's important because that lets us know how radical CRT is compared to most traditional Western thought about the rule of law, due process, rights, and the concept of truth itself. CRT as a critical theory um, and critical theory as a product of the Frankfurt School dismisses the idea that truth about society can be discovered through objective means or through the scientific method or through data. And rather, that truth is a matter of a person's standpoint within power structures that's so important to understand how it rewrites epistemology, has a new way of seeing what truth is. So this is why CRT would assert that white people, in particular white conservatives, um, should be dismissed on this subject, on the subject of race or racism. Even if, even if white people bring up data or counter logic to a particular claim about black people's oppression in the U.S., data or any points that contradict the idea that black people are systemically oppressed because of inherently white supremacist institutions can be ignored, according to CRT, because they are coming from the wrong standpoint. The standpoint of the so-called oppressed trumps any standpoint or facts presented by someone else. This is standpoint epistemology. So critical race theory asserts uh, that white isn't just a skin color, so you don't just dismiss people based on their skin color, but it's actually whiteness, that whiteness is a racist system that's not completely independent from white skin, but it can be. That whiteness is also a way of being, a way of thinking. Also, it's, it's psychological, and that non-white people can actually internalize it. So this internalization of whiteness would be demonstrated, um, they would say, by a black person like Thomas Sowell, 
who would reject the idea that America is institutionally racist today and that the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow are to blame for all of minorities' problems. He writes about this a lot, and his argument is based on data. But that is dismissed because they would simply say that he has internalized whiteness and is not coming from the correct standpoint because he's not siding with the standpoint of the oppressed that says the entire American system is racist, he is to be dismissed. And that is where you get someone like the Yale psychologist a few weeks ago, you probably saw this in the news, saying that white people and people who have internalized whiteness, I guess, are mentally deranged, she argued, uh, that we have this, uh, that we have pathological problems. That comes from CRT. That comes from the CRT idea, basically, um, that, that racism has infected everything, including white people's minds, and therefore it is impossible for white people to really know truth. They need the clarity of the oppressed minority to show them what is true. It's a very mystical, Gnostic idea that, again, is not rooted in objective fact, but in a theory that is much more religious and ideological than than physical or factual. So in this way, critical race theory is self-certifying. It is unfalsifiable, meaning it cannot logically be argued with. If you argue with critical race theory, uh, the idea that black and brown people are all systemically oppressed in the U.S., it's because you have been infected by whiteness, CRT says, whether you are white or not. And so that is why so many critical race theorists shut down debate because it's set up in a way so that it cannot be argued against because it dismisses the existence of counterfacts and counter logic as something that is illegitimate because the people that are presenting it don't have the right standpoint. It's really incredible how this has duped so many people. Um, a great example of how this manifests itself is with CRT's dismissal of the fact that Asian Americans have the lowest crime rates, the highest graduation rates, the lowest fatherlessness rates, the highest median incomes. Immigrants from India, for example, have a far higher success rate across these categories than white people. So if this is the case, how can the central assertion of CRT be true that we live in a white supremacist system upheld by white privilege that is set up to maintain white supremacy? Well, CRT just dismisses this kind of claim with the model minority myth. Uh, Delgado describes this as the myth that Asians are industrious, quiet, good minorities that fit well within the white system of the U.S. And that um, that kind of myth is harmful because it ignores that some Asian subgroups are impoverished in the U.S. and because it, quote, causes resentment against or it causes resentment among other disfavored groups such as African-Americans. Americans. So remember when we were talking about a few months ago before maternity leave, a spike in anti-Asian hate crimes, a conversation that you may have noticed died out really fast because almost every single crime that was reported on or caught on camera was a black person perpetrating the violence. We were told that this, too, was actually caused by white supremacy on MSNBC. A Washington Post columnist uh, blamed white supremacy for the violence. Professor Jennifer Ho wrote for the outlet The Conversation that white supremacy is to blame for black on Asian violence. Now, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, white people are most likely to be victimized by white people with violent crime. Black people are most likely to be victimized by Black people, Hispanic people are most likely to be victimized by Hispanic people. 
but Asian people are most likely to be victimized by black people. So a very logical question would be, how is this white supremacy? Because, as CRT asserts, the resentment that black people may feel towards Asians is because of white people perpetuating the model minority myth and because white supremacy defines all of our institutions, everything that bad that happens uh, is one way or another because of whiteness. Now, of course, CRT doesn't actually address the data about Asian Americans. I mean, you can call it what you want. You can call it a myth. The data is there. Asian Americans are most successful in generally statistically across a variety of categories than white Americans are. It is hard to explain how that could be possible in what someone like Isabel Wilkerson calls a racial caste system that upholds white supremacy at all costs. Because remember, critical theories reject the idea that social ills have anything to do with personal choice, but rather have to do with oppressive systems. The success of Asian Americans and and certain immigrant immigrant groups in the U.S. is, is very inconvenient to that theory, because that would mean that by different choices, it may actually be possible to have different life outcomes, no matter what your skin color is. And that suggestion, we are told, is wrong and it's racist. You can't even bring that up. You see how this idea subverts uh, how we traditionally look at culpability, intent, justice, evidence, truth itself. And you could see how if it characterized our justice system and our laws, it would drastically change the Western rule of law, due process, the idea of inherent rights. And that is actually what it seeks to do. And this is the most radical part of critical race theory that I just don't think most people, even on the left, realize or understand. And I'm going to explain that in just one second. First, I've got to tell you guys about ExpressVPN. So you guys care about your privacy. You don't want people spying on you. That is why you need a VPN. Internet servers like Comcast or Verizon know every single website you visit. ISPs can sell, internet service providers can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your uh, device and the internet so people can't peep on your online activity. All you have to do is download the app, you create your account, you click one button, and all your devices are protected. All you need is one account for up to five devices. It was rated number one by CNET, Wired, uh, The Verge. It works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. What I love about it is that it's so easy to use. It just runs in the background of my devices and I never even think about it, but I do love having that extra layer of privacy and protection. So secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash and you get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash for an extra three months for free. That is expressvpn.com slash So the authors of this critical race theory book write about this um, in the book. They explain that one of the primary tenets of uh, CRT is a critique of the liberal order. And by liberal, that does not mean leftist. That means basically 
Western democratic systems and the Western rule of law and the concept of inherent rights. Uh, The critique of the liberal order in CRT is a critique of the concept of the law being colorblind. Crits, as critical theorists are are a lot of times called, they believe that the equal application of the law to people of all races and backgrounds is actually wrong because they say it doesn't properly redress past injustices. This is the whole foundation of Ibram X. Kendi's book on anti-racism, that colorblind laws aren't enough because Kendi and other crits would argue that it's impossible to be not racist. One has to be actively anti-racist, which means purposely setting up the law systems, sentencing to benefit people of color, even if that means negatively impacting and discriminating against white people. Um, So here's how they explain in the book why CRT rejects the idea of a colorblind set of rights or execution of the law. Quote, if racism is embedded in our thought processes and social structures as deeply as many crits believe, then the ordinary business of society, the routines, the practices, and institutions that we rely on to do the world's work will keep minorities in subordinate positions, only aggressive, color-conscious Efforts to change the way things are will do much to ameliorate misery. So this is why activists say ACAB, all cops are are bad. This actually stands for a, a different word, but I won't say it just in case you're listening with kids. Even if there are individually good people that are cops, they would say all cops are still bad because... Uh, There are no good cops in a racist system because CRT rejects the idea of judging people by their individual actions and rather judges people by group um, and by the systems that they uphold either actively or just complicitly. Um, And in calling for color conscious efforts, they are calling explicitly for partiality in the law, for certain kinds of discrimination and sentencing and all sorts of justice-related issues to show favor to some and disfavor to others based on race, to try to right past wrongs and to tear down the racist structures in the hopes that it will lead to equal outcomes for everyone. They admit that currently colorblindness is how our judiciary works. They don't make the argument that the judiciary is purposely anti-black, but that colorblindness doesn't do enough to help black people. Now, I just want you to remember this, that God hates partiality. He makes this point over and over again. Exodus 23.3, Leviticus 19.15, Deuteronomy 1.17, Deuteronomy 16.19, and many more passages and New Testament passages are explicit that God hates partiality and judgment, and that he himself shows no partiality. He calls partiality either to the poor or to the rich, evil, unjust, wrong. At the heart of CRT is a love for partiality. At the heart of God is a hatred for partiality. And let me say that again. At the heart of CRT is a love for partiality. At the heart of God is a hate for partiality. Which is why the two cannot coexist in the same way that any racist system, whether it's against black or brown people or the opposite direction, is against what God calls good. Anyone who tells you otherwise is either confused about CRT or confused about God. CRT calls for a different set of standards for black and brown people than for white people. So they judge the morality of laws not by their impartiality, but by their impact 
on the so-called oppressed. This is exactly what Kendi writes about, that if there is a policy that causes a disparate impact on black people, it is racist. And actually, the dissent um, uh, on the Supreme Court about uh, a recent uh, voting law basically said the same thing, that you judge a law not by its intent, not by whether or not it was set up with the intent to be racist, but whether or not it has a disparate impact. So Kendi and other crits believe in somehow engineering society so that black people are pushed forward and white people are held back until there is magically no difference in outcome. This is what every communist has always believed, except all you have to do is switch out black and white with poor and rich. It's the same old thing. This is what Thomas Sowell calls cosmic justice, which is often referred to as social justice, but he calls it cosmic justice because it is an attempt by elites, by academics, by policymakers to engineer society from the top down by holding back some groups, hoisting up other groups, never realizing that this does not work because it doesn't account for personal choice. It ends up hurting everyone except for the people doing the engineering who never have to pay for the cost of their bad ideas. It is cosmic because it is intangible, mystical, uh, an ethereal type of so-called justice that never practically works because it gets human nature wrong, like all left-wing philosophy gets human nature wrong. It echoes every form of a collectivist type of governing ever that has always failed and ended in misery. So it shouldn't surprise us that this kind of uh, this kind of mentality always ends um, in some kind of wreckage and destruction because CRT and other critical theories reject the idea of rights. Here's what Delgado uh, and Stefan Six say uh, about this. They say, crits are suspicious of another liberal mainstay, namely rights. They hold that moral and legal rights are apt to do much less good than we like to think. So they go on to explain that our uh, system grants procedural rights like that of due process, but it doesn't always guarantee um, what they would call substantive rights, a right to housing, for example. And so Critz say that this kind of system wrongly emphasizes equality of opportunity rather than what they would want it to emphasize, which is equality of results. That's what CRT wants. CRT also says rights basically just exist in the United States to serve the interest of the powerful. They give an example of free speech. Uh, Free speech, they say, protects the powerful um, because uh, hate speech tends to hurt the minority disproportionately. So it rejects the idea that more good speech can battle bad speech. Here's the funny thing. BLM is what it is because they have been allowed in a free country to criticize cops, the government, our foundation, the system, without fear of punishment. Critical race theorists get to trash the United States without fear of punishment because of free speech. It is lucrative to rag on white people, to rag on America. In a white supremacist, oppressive, what they often say is a fascist country, Would any of that be possible? In a country without a First Amendment, would that be possible? No, of course it wouldn't. So 
that's one huge contradiction that I actually saw reading this book about CRT is that it simultaneously questions um, the goodness of rights, especially a right like that um, of the right to free speech. And yet it exercises that right to try to make its point and to push back against what it sees as hate speech or bad ideas. CRT, though, holds the reason I think why there's this contradiction and and why they think the way that they do uh, about about rights is because it holds to structural determinism, which says that, quote, according to this book, our system, by reason of its structure and vocabulary, is ill-equipped to redress certain types of wrong. Hence the revolution and the revolutionary talk. Hence the hatred on the 4th of July toward our constitution, our declaration, our founding. Hence the constant talk on the left about how free speech and religious liberty and the Second Amendment, our First and Second Amendment rights are nothing more than ways to maintain the power of those at the top. And they don't even realize that these, a lot of people, some do, but a lot of people don't even realize that those ideas are from CRT. CRT in school, in church, in the media is wherever there is talk of white privilege, of oppressed versus oppressor, of intersectionality, of systemic racism, um, in the, the hush that surrounds stories involving black people that don't fit the oppressed versus oppressor narrative. Um, it is found in the spotlight that is placed on stories involving white people that do fit that narrative. CRT is not just talking about slavery and discrimination and racism. That's another form of gaslighting that we've seen from people saying, oh, people who want to ban CRT in schools or who don't want teachers, you know, teaching the principles of CRT in schools, they just don't want people to talk. They, they just don't want their kids to talk about racism. They don't want their kids to learn about Jim Crow or discrimination or the Tulsa massacre. That is not true. Doing away with CRT does not do away with talking about those things. Actually, CRT, because it is so radical and it's meant to be radical, guys, that's not just my interpretation. Like the people who study CRT believe that it is radical compared to the Western tradition of the of of rule of law and due process that has created, by the way, the greatest civilization that has ever existed in the history of the world. They know that it's radical compared to that. CRT gets in the way of us talking about racism and slavery and real oppression. It gets in the way of us talking about it factually because it purposely colors these subjects with a particular narrative and a theory rather than factual historical analysis with an aim towards improvement and unity. Because CRT at its core is revolutionary. It is explicitly anti-Western. It is explicitly anti the liberal order, anti the Western rule of law. It does not try to cover that up. That's not just me, um, you know, riding down that slippery slope. That's that's not me trying to fear monger. That's what it says that it is. It does not want to coincide with the Constitution or a democratic republic or a, a colorblind society. So there is no reason for your average liberal and certainly uh, a Christian to accept any part of CRT. There's just not. Now, you can talk about, like I said, uh, oppression and racism and real instances of injustice, and you should. But CRT is not the way to do it. It is divisive. It is partial. It is based on one man's perception of the world and history and relies on glaring omissions of data to try to support that narrative. And yet this is happening in K-12 through public schools. Uh, this was a tweet 
by the president of the largest teachers union. You guys know how I feel about teachers unions. Uh, Randy Weingarten, she tweeted this on July 6th. She said, critical race theory is not taught in K-12 schools. The rights culture warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination as such to try to make it toxic. They're bullying teachers to try and keep them from teaching the truth. That's what I'm talking about. That's the gaslighting I'm talking about. That is not true. Um, Here is, I'm going to read you a motion from um, a, a recent meeting uh, with the Na- National Education Association, again, uh, the largest teachers unions, uh, one of the, or the largest teachers union in the country. So it says this, the NEA will, with guidance and impl- implementation from the NEA president and chairs of ethnic minority affairs caucuses, um, it will provide an already created in-depth study that critiques empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-ingenuity, racism, patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism, ableism, anthropocentrism, and other forms of power and oppression at the intersections of our society, and that we oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or 1619 project. And so Randy Whitegarden is lying. They are saying behind closed doors, of course, this became public that, yeah, we're against any bans on critical race theory. Everything that I just read you in that paragraph is from critical race theory. That is not saying that we shouldn't critique white supremacy where it has actually existed. But this is uh, pushing the assertion that our entire system, that capitalism um And uh, all of the systems that have created the United States are infected by white supremacy, anti-blackness, the patriarchy, racism, all of these different forms of oppression. And then they list the 1619 Project, which has been admitted by The New York Times, by Nicole Hannah-Jones herself. That was not a historical rendering of the United States. Again, just like critical race theory, it is based on narrative. It is based on an assumption, this idea that America has been built on racism. And that our real founding was actually in 1619, not 1776, and that we weren't just founded with racism and slavery, but that we were founded on racism and slavery. And therefore, everything, including our Constitution, is all bunk and it needs to be done away with because nothing good can happen out of a racist system. That is radical stuff that the largest teachers union in the country is saying that they will teach in K through 12 public schools. They are saying that they also will join with Black Lives Matter at school and the Zen Education product to a call uh, to call for a rally this year on October 14th, George Floyd's birthday, as a national day of action to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression. Um, talking about the police brutality and says USA's economy slash social order is built on interactions between different cultures and races to deny opportunities to teach truth. We're just doing a lot of work here about black, brown and other marginalized races minimalizes, minimalizes. I've never heard that word, teachers, um, the necessity for students to build efficacy. The ancient African proverb says, know thyself. That is, um, if I remember correctly, a Greek proverb, not um not an African proverb. Um, the the teachers union also says that they are going to push back um, against. They're going to push back against any parents who fight against CRT. They're going to try to expose them and basically bully them into compliance, as if these teachers own your children. 
They do not. As we talked about yesterday, they do not. One of the points of order from this meeting says that they are going to share, publicize through existing channels, information already available on critical race theory, what it is, what it is not, have a team of staffers of, uh, for members who want to learn more and fight back against anti-CRT rhetoric. Now, if CRT, again, isn't being taught in schools, why would you have to fight back against anti-CRT rhetoric and share information with other NEA members as well as their community members? So they're basically trying to bully parents into compliance and tell you that you are a racist and that you're against the truth about marginalization in this society if you are against CRT. Again, we see this movement from CRT isn't being taught to actually it has to be taught. And if you're against CRT, then you are a racist. This to me, shows that they are they are losing. They know that they're losing ground on it, thankfully. I mean, this is one, I think, of the rare instances where uh, conservatives gained ground more quickly than the left could. Now, remember, all of our major institutions, big tech, um, now the the government, the, the executive branch, the legislative branch, um, the... Uh, the major corporations, the education system, these huge teachers unions, they are all on the left. And so for conservatives to gain ground on this and to be um, making any kind of impact is honestly pretty impressive when you consider the institutional power uh, that the left has to push back on this. But at this point, like the word has gotten out to a lot of parents about what this is. And parents have experienced this. They've experienced this. Now, I want to play a clip of um, a parent of a student at a public school very calmly and reasonably talking about why the tenets of critical race theory are so damaging. My name is Ian Rice. I've got two children here in the Caledonia School District. Um, it's very apparent here by all of the parents that have spoken that this board and the school district is failing. Um, more importantly, uh, I came here to talk about critical race theory. This theory was never meant to be brought into grade schools, high schools, at all. It's actually taught in the collegiate atmosphere, and more importantly, the legal portion of the collegiate atmosphere, to see different laws through the lens of race, from an ethics and, 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 and an ethical standpoint, right? Not for grade schools and high schoolers. The problem with bringing it to high school and grade school level is that we don't have the educators to properly teach these kids. Instead, they're using it as their own agenda to indoctrinate the kids to hate each other. And whether you believe that to be true or not, the reality is that's what's happening. Critical race theory is teaching that white people are bad. That's not true. That would teach my daughter that her mother is evil. You already have an educator within your staff that has pulled my daughter aside and said, well, you're a minority, so you know better than to engage in certain things. When I was brought to the school's attention, nothing happened to the educator. Instead, my daughter was brought in, and she was ridiculed. <laughs> so my question is now, with critical race theory being brought in, what is your criteria to educate the educators? And who are you to educate my children, or any of our children, in life issues. That's our job. Your job is to teach them math and science. Our job is to teach them about life. I believe racial issues and tensions across the US are nowhere near what they used to be decades ago. Do we have a long way to go? Sure. Do we still have individuals out there that need to be taught? Absolutely. But I believe the people here 
don't look at me as a black man. They look at me as a man standing in front of you addressing the issue that we all are very passionate about. Now, does that man who, if you're listening to this and you didn't see, um, is black, do you, does he strike you as a as a racist? Does he strike you as a white supremacist? Now, Critz would say that he has internalized whiteness. But honestly, like, let's let's think about the logic of that kind of accusation. Um, does that man seem like someone who is pro segregation, who doesn't want his child to learn about racism and slavery and discrimination in the United States? No. You are being told that as a parent, you don't have the responsibility, you don't have the right, and you don't have any reason to speak up about this stuff. But take the courage that that man showed that many parents have shown in front of in front of their school boards. Take their courage and apply it to your own life. I guarantee you this makes a difference. You know how I know this makes a difference? Because the NEA got so much pushback on this motion that they publicized or that got publicized that they ended up trying to take it down so that no one could read it anymore. The same thing with Black Lives Matter. On their website, it used to say, that they wanted to dismantle the nuclear family. And that is also uh, a part, a, a subset of CRT and against the the, the Western uh, liberal uh, order. They think that the nuclear family is a part of that. They're wrong, but they think that, so they want to uh, dismantle it. When people, even people on the right, raise a respectful ruckus about this kind of stuff, it can absolutely make a difference. It might not seem like it does, and it might not always be publicized when it does make a difference, but it can make a difference. And even if it doesn't right away, I promise you, I promise you that chipping away at this kind of toxicity um, is the right thing to do and that over time we can gain ground. So you need to double down on this kind of stuff. Do not be scared about uh, talking about why CRT is wrong and why it should not be taught in schools. And you know what? If the phrase critical race theory turns off the people that you're talking to, it just makes them shut down or or saying the word Marxism makes people think that you're just a fear monger and that you're just talking about a boogeyman that doesn't exist. You don't have to use those actual terms. You should know enough now about what critical race theory is practically and what it looks like to understand um, when it's happening, how it's happening. And you have to equip yourself enough to be able to push back against it in a respectful way. Those of you who are in my book club on Facebook, Women's Book Club with Ali Stuckey, we read Tactics. A great way to have a conversation about this kind of stuff is just to ask questions. Ask questions about it. Try to get people to define their terms and to clarify what they mean. I asked someone recently who said that they were a proponent of critical race theory if they were also for dismantling the Constitution and getting rid of the idea of inherent rights and colorblind law. And of course, they said, no, I'm not for that. I do think the Constitution is is hypocritical. And, I, you know, this person was being very respectful and we had a great conversation about it. But this person also doesn't believe they they say that they agree with CRT and then they say that they don't agree with a big part of CRT, which is basically a huge critique and a revolution against um, the the Western rule of law that a lot of liberals say that they like. Um, And so I think it's really important to kind of push that and to ask those questions and to get people to be as clear and as specific as possible when it comes to what they think the problems are, when it comes to race in America, when it comes to justice in America, how they're defining racism, how they're defining justice, and not just what they think the problems are, 
and where they're coming from, but also what the solutions are and what data they have to back that up. And we should be prepared to do that too. We have to get to the point to where uh, we are are on the same plane and using the same definitions of terms as the people on the other side of this debate. And if that means not actually saying the word critical race theory or the term critical race theory, not actually using the word Marxist in order to have a productive dialogue, then I encourage you to do that. I understand the other side will shut down really easily and basically just call you a racist. I would say you don't even have to push it with those kind of people. You don't even have to have those conversations. There's a large swath of people in the middle who are waiting to be informed about this and whose minds are ripe to change and um, to go in the direction of what is actually true when it comes to this kind of stuff. Now, I want to end on one question that I see a lot, or I guess one topic that I see a lot is about Um, anti-whiteness and if CRT is explicitly anti-white or if it's just coincidentally anti-white and the reaction to some of that. But first, I've got to tell you about my last sponsor, one of my favorite sponsors ever. They are just awesome people. They've got an awesome product and that is Good Rancher. So I've told you guys before that 80% of the grass-fed beef sold in the United States is actually imported from overseas. That's why my husband and I, we get our meat from GoodRanchers.com. Their product is 100% American. So when you buy your steak and chicken from Good Ranchers, not only are you getting ethically raised, sustainably sourced meat, you are also supporting American farmers, which is super important right now. My friends at Good Ranchers have traveled the U.S. They've met with the actual farmers that raise the livestock to ensure the product they are sending to your table is the very best. And it's really easy. All you have to do go on their website, order the box that you want, order the cuts of meat that you want, the kind of chicken that you want. You can even get pre-marinated chicken. That's what we do. They send it to your door um, in just a few days. All of the meat is individually wrapped. It's on dry ice. It's ready to grill. As soon as you want to grill it, we've got a ton of their meat in our freezer. It just makes dinner really easy and not only easy, but also very affordable. So you can either just get one box of meat or you can subscribe to save money. You can get the family feast bundle. If you subscribe, you get $20 off and free experience express shipping. It really is so affordable. Makes your life so easy. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie to get $20 off and free express shipping. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie to get $20 off and free express shipping. It also is a really great gift. So go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. Okay, here's the question. Is CRT anti-white? And I understand that most people will just say yes, because certainly that's what it, it sounds like. And it is, but I I posit that it is incidental. It was not actually set up to simply or exclusively or centrally be anti-white because of some kind of hatred of white people. Now, that is how it is manifesting itself, but that is not as what it was set up to be. It is meant to be, just like all critical theories, anti-hierarchy, anti-white power or whiteness, which again can be independent from the color of someone's skin, anti-Western. Now, unfortunately, like I said, how it manifests itself is in the explicit condemnation of white people as a whole, which sadly, inevitably, is going to push people into a white identitarian movement. 
that spells a whole lot of trouble for the country in the same way that black solidarity. I'm not saying that all black people are the same or all black people agree, but black solidarity um, arose from black people being marginalized and wrongly castigated and caricatured in the same way that any minority solidarity arises from being treated as other or being treated as less than by everyone else. So white solidarity is going to come together as a reaction to white people being constantly maligned. I don't want that. Like, I reject that. I I think that we should resist that because majority solidarity along racial lines, um, in contrast to minority solidarity, has always ended really badly throughout history. Uh, But that is human nature, joining with others who are being maligned and unfairly criticized uh, the way uh, for the way that you are and and forming an alliance to try to compete against the ones doing the maligning. That is unfortunately just what arises from this kind of tribalism. And that is not going to end well. Like I said, I think that we should resist all kinds of that tribalism and primarily looking at each other and creating alliances on the basis of racial identity. That's what CRT pushes. And unfortunately, I think there's going to be a very negative and ugly backlash to it. So like uh, my suggestion is that we all back up from using racial identity or racial um, essentialism as an identity, as a way to uh, form these collections and form group identities and trying to um, and trying to fight against each other based on the color of our skin. That sets us back. That will not end well, like I said. And so That's one thing that I think that we have to resist is that kind of identitarianism and resentment and bitterness as a reaction to to all of this and realize that CRT is not primarily an attack on white people. It is an attack on what it sees as power. It is an attack on the Western rule of law. So it's uh, it is going to be consequential if it is taken to its logical conclusion, it is going to be consequential for people of all races equally, not just white people. And that is how I think that we have to see it. And that is why I think it is incumbent upon people of all different colors, of all different backgrounds to fight against this where you see it and to resist its language, to resist its ideas, to resist its indoctrination, because like all left-wing revolutions, it will end badly, both for the revolutionaries and the victims of uh, the revolution. Instead, we have to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Instead, we have to take on impartiality, both in our own lives and when it comes to how we uh, teach our children, how we preach to our congregants the kinds of laws and the policies that we advocate for. Impartiality is a principle of Christianity that God emphasizes again and again, and is going to be the only way to unity. Like I said on Tuesday, Tuesday, we don't want to chop down the tree of liberty. Yes, we water it. We allow it to grow so that its branches grow more full and longer so that it can give more shade to people against the scorching sun of tyranny. But just because we don't like that the tree isn't growing as quickly as we think that it should be, that's not a reason to chop down the tree. CRT wants to chop down the tree. I can't get on board with that. All right, that's all I have to say for today. I will be back here on Monday. See you guys then.